We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Coming up, the latest on the Kansas City Royals from our team here at KCSN. All of our Royals content is brought to you by KC Strength and Conditioning, experts in baseball and softball training for kids ages 8 to 18. If you're in need, you're in luck. John and his crew have sent hundreds of players to college and the pros. That's KC Strength and Conditioning. And now, it's time for the latest updates on your Kansas City Royals. What's up, y'all? This is One Royal Way here on Kansas City Sports Network. I'm Joel Penfield, Jordan Foote, and Josh Geyser joining me as always. Jordan, uh, buddy, have you recovered from uh, last night's NBA Finals uh, Game 5? It is what it is, man. And, like, people probably know this if they've seen me on Twitter. Um, I I am very, very big on, like, if you think your team had a legitimate shot to win it all and they don't. Like, if the Chiefs go out this year and they don't win at all. And people I see on Twitter that are like, oh, it wasn't a failure of a season. Like, yes, it was. Like, they didn't come up with the ultimate goal. Like, you can get to the AFC Championship game. You can get to the Super Bowl. If you don't win that damn thing, it is a failure of a season. With that said, being a Miami Heat fan was rough for 80% of the season, 90% of the season, and then they went off in the playoffs. Like, I had no expectations, didn't think they'd win anything. I'm legitimately thrilled that they had that uh, playoff run. Nick says the Heat stink. They they did compare to the Nuggets. The Nuggets were just too good. They were OP. Uh, I am excited to get like Damian Lillard and move on. So that is my NBA segment for this podcast. Man, Dame, all you Jimmy, need, Damian. Dame and Jimmy Butler would be ridiculous. I'd be thrilled. Dame time in Miami, I literally would be the happiest guy on earth. Good Lord, that'd be fun. Uh, Josh, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm great. I'm not affected by the Heat uh, losing. I am not affected by the NBA outcome. It was a good game until Jimmy Butler decided to throw it, uh, literally throw it away. Um, yeah. But uh, it was, I, I got to watch that simultaneously as the Royals decided to throw last night's game away. So um, tough, tough loss if you're Jordan Foote. Oh, man. We got a lot to get to tonight. And uh, it is getting harder and harder when we hit record. At least as it sits right now, but here we are at June thirteenth saying that. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I know. Uh, we can't thank Kansas City Strength and Conditioning enough, at least for for sponsoring this show and giving us the opportunity to at least try and come on here every day, give y'all Royals content uh, every single week, day one sponsor and day one supporter here at KCSN. We can't thank them enough for that. Be sure to check them out 
If you have a baseball or softball player in the area that needs a place to train. And before we move on, it was announced, we announced it last week at KCSN. We have a huge event coming up on July 29th, our second annual golf tournament out at Sunflower Hills, uh, our tacos and bourbon golf tournament. That is like two of my favorite things on the on planet Earth. So uh, I will be there very excited. Uh, thanks to Holiday Distillery and Mission Taco for sponsoring that. Prizes, giveaways, there's a silent auction. Plus one golfer will have the chance to sink a shot for $1 million. For more information to sign up, click the link in the description on YouTube. And for any sponsorship inquiries or additional questions, contact Christian Christian Gumminger at kcsnfoundation at gmail.com. It was an awesome event last fall. I'm so excited that we're doing it again. It's going to be a ton of fun uh, this time around. I peed my pants last year, by the way. I actually didn't, but like, that's the story. I peed his pants. He spilled a Bloody Mary on himself, which honestly, Mm -hmm. losing a Bloody Mary might be the best thing for you. Yeah. That was the first time I had one, believe it or not. I had never tried one before, and it was so good. I spilled it all over my pants. (laughs) The ultimate sign of enjoyment. Tomato juice and vodka, just I can't do it, man. I just can't do it. I can I can find many alcohol pairings. And I'm like, okay, that's not one of them. I thought I would hate it, and I loved it so much. I don't like tomatoes or the tomato juice. Same, I'm not a real same fan of vodka. I will mess same. with some Bloody Marys. I will absolutely yeah. destroy them, especially you get them spicy or a little bit mm-hmm. of like flavored vodka into it. Well, good for you guys. Uh-huh. Well, um, to put it bluntly, um, just as I'm looking at our rundown, it just says offense stinks. But <laughs> you look since we've last recorded, they scored six runs on Monday. And then uh, since then, we have seen outputs of one run, one run, two runs, one run, three runs, and then four runs last night on Monday against the Reds. Uh, the series in Miami and in Baltimore were basically non-competitive the entire time. Uh, pitching let them down in a couple of times, but ultimately the, the offense just hasn't done enough. Or they've started out well, and then the rest of the game is just awful. That's kind of what we saw on Monday night against Cincinnati, where the offense got hot early, and then it took a Salvador Perez home run in the ninth before we really saw anything else. It's terribly frustrating. Like we we talked about that the offense at times has kind of been the strong suit of this team, and like with the way the pitching is and with the inconsistencies we see there. They're going to have to score runs to even stay in a game. Like, it feels like with the way the offense has been right now, if they score, the other team scores three runs, like the game is over. Especially if they score early. Early. It's just like, man. Yeah. Well, the early thing, like, if the Royals give up a run in the first inning, they're one in 21. (laughs) What? Yeah. It's an absurd stat and like an an absurd and about the, in the worst kind of way. And, I don't know how you fix it right now. Like I'm, I'm, tr- I'm running out of, and I hate to say it. I'm, we're not even in the middle of June, and it's like I'm just running out of answers to figure out what the hell to do at this point. Mm. Because these guys are so much better than that. That, that at least I believe, and they're a month below 500 right now. And I think I, I talked about it a little bit last week that I wonder if this is the losses piling up and guys are pressing and trying to do too much to try and dig themselves out of the crater that they've dug themselves in this early in the season, and it's beginning to overwhelm them a little bit. I think they're going to end up being fine, and we're going to see some progression to the mean at some point. They, they're they not going to be this terrible forever. There's no way. 
It, the, the, but, the, the, yeah. the the frustrating thing is like how many times can we like go back to the hard hit rates or the expected stats or anything yeah. like that? As much as you want to go to that stuff, you kind of also have to pay attention to those counting stats that are just not there. It's uh, it's extremely frustrating. Over the last month, they were 28th in OPS, 29th in OPS with runners in scoring position, 30th in runs scored per game. It gets even worse over the last two weeks. It's 29th, 27th, and 30th runs per game they're averaging two and a half runs per game in the last month or i'm sorry in the last two weeks so it, i i just for for giggles i went back to last year with that crop of uh players that they had on this roster they were 26th in ops at a 671 which is higher than what they've done in the last month uh and 26th in ops with runners in scoring position at 676 also higher um so by counting stats, last year's team, as putrid as they were, somehow worse than they are this year. Um, I don't know, like you said, what's the what do you at some point something's got to give. I wonder if some of the struggles, Joel, you were talking about the the pressing and the pressure mounting up, the losses piling up, the frustrations piling up. I also wonder if they're kind of all breaking it back down to square one. They're trying to rebuild everything, start back from scratch, and then kind of build off of that again to get back to where they need to be. I don't know what the point. I mean, nobody's walking. Everybody's striking out. Nobody is innocent in this. Um, it's just bad top to bottom. It's it's tough to see. I just, I, Bobby Wood Jr. has been worse at the plate. MJ Melendez has been, I believe, worse at the plate. Vinny Pasquantino has been worse at the plate. Michael Massey as a whole has been worse at the plate. Like all these guys, and I think I, I might have said this on a previous podcast, but sorry if I'm repeating myself. Like, all these guys, it's not like they were insanely good last year. Like, they were just, Vinny Pasquantino had a really promising year. Bobby Wood Jr. was fine. MJ Melendez was fine. Michael Massey was fine. Like, it was very, 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 very conceivable that these guys would improve, at least a little bit, in year two, and avoid the sophomore slump because they weren't overperforming at such a rate that they would fall back down this year. And they would struggle immensely and they would go from top 10 rookie to, you know, middle of the pack or whatever. They were just good. They were fine. And they, they're worse. And that's mm. the, yeah. the part that doesn't quite line up is the offense was supposed to step up and there weren't as many Carlos Santana's or Hunter Dozier's like there was from Neil race. There was literally Hunter Dozier up there. Like there, there have been guys, don't get me wrong, Jackie Bradley Jr. That the team has made a concerted effort to eliminate some of that and let the kids play. Um, but they're 29th in weighted runs created plus, 28th in walk rate, 26th in strikeout rate, 21st in isolated power, 29th in, in weighted on base average. Like, they run the bases fairly well. Cool. Um, the power has been there a little bit this year, more than it has in, in previous years. It's been bad. And when you're trotting out that many young players, I don't care that some have been banged up. I don't care that some have been going through hot streaks, cold spells, whatever. As a whole, it's been bad. Um, and that is really the problem. Like Nick said in the chat, it, it doesn't matter how well you run the bases if you aren't getting on enough. And they haven't been getting on enough. They haven't been scoring enough. Um, last year's team, you can make those comparisons. This team was objectively supposed to be better, partially addition by subtraction, partially internal improvement. They haven't really had either. So um, I know that's not a bringing endorsement of the people in charge, and I don't think it has a ton to do with them, to be honest. I think at a certain point, 
those people have to let the kids go do their jobs and uh, the kids aren't doing their jobs. And there is a certain element of this too, that is you're relying on a ton of second year guys. Like it's not necessarily the, the rookies like that. That's one thing. And that's, but it's the second year that usually you see a little bit of a dip, at least early on as the league adjusts to them. And then it's the adjustment to the adjustment. We talk about that all the time in baseball, that it is a game of, it's a cat and mouse game of adjustments. And when you have that many guys that are all second year guys with enough plate appearances that there's kind of a book out, then you have, they have to adjust. And now it's a matter of finding that. Uh, and this, that's, this isn't just an exclusive thing to the Royals. Like, the Mariners have experienced it with Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kelnick. We're starting to see it with Jared Kelnick too. And I use the Mariners as an example because that's my favorite team. I watch them just as much as I watch the Royals, if not more. You you can look across baseball. Michael Harris the second has really struggled at times this year with that second year adjustment. Corbin Carroll is probably the exception to the rule right now, but that might be the only one right mm. that that has had serious like year one, year two crazy success and. He didn't even get a ton of time last year. So this is essentially his rookie year. So I say all that to say that this is probably going to, the pendulum is going to swing in the other direction for some of these guys. It may not be everybody. And that may be part of the evaluation process for this team where, all right, he had a decent rookie year, but that might just be an aberration. And who he is, is fine to not good enough. Or, Hey, he struggled early, buddy rebounded and had a really nice last three months. And we can see the the direction year two to year three. We think that jump can be made. It's just a matter of you know how it all sorts itself out over the next three months or so. And because there's still a lot of baseball to be played. I I, I want to ask a tough question. We've kind of been dancing around it uh, for the last five minutes. Um, Terry Bradshaw was with the Kansas City Royals from 2018 to May 16th of 2022. He had 21,000 plate appearances over that tenure. He didn't. His team had. They were 28th in OPS at 699, 29th in walk percentage at 7.3, 8th in Ks at 22%. We are now about a third of the way post-Bradshaw with about 7,000 plate appearances of not Terry Bradshaw's team they are 25th in ops which is lower at 692 than it was in bradshaw's tenure 25th in walk percentage is 7.5 very slightly higher and they're striking out more 22.7 percent back when terry bradshaw was fired i found a quote about from jj piccolo talking about how we're all accountable everybody in the organization including the players and the coaches and the executives are all to be held accountable for this part we are a third. We have a thirty many third as many plate appearance sample size from Alex Zumwalt and company, and we are we are absolute supporters of Zumwalt and company. Duran, uh, even Tosar was here. He we're, we're supporters of his. But at some point, like, is this just the identity of this front office when it comes to hitting? Like, balls in play. You don't walk. You don't strike out. You don't hit. You don't have a high OPS. It just is what it is. Type of thing. I. I it, we can start asking the question. I'm not calling for anybody's yeah. by any means at this point, but it is interesting to kind of look at it and see how s- similar these are, even when Terry Bradshaw didn't have the same guys he, to work with. This I, is just a weird identity thing that I, it's just a weird thing. It, it could I, be. And I think there's a certain element of it too, where this may be part of the evaluation for the off season of 
Yeah. Okay. Maybe Zumwalt might be the right voice for this clubhouse, but we need to bring in somebody else from outside the organization to inject some new philosophy. Very similar to what they did in 2019 when they hired Drew Saylor to be the minor league hitting coordinator. Mm -hmm. And that seemed to get through to Prado, MJ, Bobby, Vinny, and all those guys. And we saw the hitting improve in basically one season. So I wonder if maybe they just need to go back to that well and bring in a, a, a voice from outside the organization to just see if there's something else. Not calling a fire, like fire to hire, right? Yeah. It could just be bringing in somebody else in that regard. Yep. I I also think, and I'm usually the opposite of this, and it also isn't April or May anymore, and I think we talked about this before the podcast. Like, you can keep pointing at the expected stuff and what people should be doing and their prospect pedigrees and all that. Like, I think that has some credence, but I really do think that at least on the hitting side, and ironically, the pitching side may have had some more like case studies of success than this year. The people in charge generally know what they're doing more than in previous years. And, and like, I, I know that the results aren't there yet, but, and I, I, again, hate to keep pushing this back for Royals fans are like, well, we need results now, whatever. Mm. If this is the case 12 months from now, and I know if in June of 2024, if this is still a problem, then like the rebuild, the total failure, everyone's pissed off, like all that, blah, blah, blah. Um, it, It's going to be a different conversation, but like, I, I want to give it the rest of this season, see if those guys improve. And like, even last year, if I remember correctly, and I don't have the schedule ahead of me, they caught fire in like June or July, quote unquote, caught on fire. Like we're playing better baseball and guys like, listen guys, like catching on fire for this team last year was like <laughs> 500 ball or whatever. They were like 16 and 13, I think for a 29 game stretch. If I remember whatever it was, it sounds right. Um, yeah. They, they were playing better. This team's capable of that. And then really you're looking at how they close out the year. And I can totally see a scenario where they do play better um, on the flip side of that though they carried all this momentum into the spring. And I know we have to break here in a second. So I'll probably end it at this, like all of the momentum of, Oh, this person's telling me what I need to do. I, I'm making these adjustments. I'm going to have such a good year collectively. It's not one guy struggling. It is everyone underperforming for the most part. Um, it's, it's not great. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Should we talk trade after a quick break, I guess? Well, let's just take a break, and I, I, yeah. Dust off. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. I would like to apologize for the shittiest transition in the history of this podcast. I mean, I'll ask you listen to the lab with Ken Swanson. I, I love Ken, but man, they transitions are never uh, easy. So kudos to you. But like that, like how defeated I sounded. Uh-huh. They knew it was okay. The been, people knew what was my coming. general sentiment for about the last. It's just that there's a reason why I'm not tweeting about games right now. Let's just put it. <laughs> so there's a lot of trade rumors swirling right now obviously scott barlow and all chapman are the two main names that are getting thrown around and there's been like jj squashed it very quickly but salvador perez's name got brought up and it was more of a someone called about him and then that was that was the end of the conversation and so royals fans have started talking themselves into out of around trading Salvador Perez. And I'll just say this, and I don't I don't have too much more to say on this, so we can talk Chapman Barlow. I will be absolutely fall on the floor shocked if Salvador Perez is playing for any in for any other uniform in any other year. In a, any year ever. When they put that captain C on his chest, that to me meant you are here for as long as you want to be here. And unless Salvador Perez goes to them and says, you know what, I think I'd, I need to, we need to make a change, then they'll do that. But the Royals are not going to willingly trade Salvador Perez. It's just not going to happen. Look, dude, He first of all, he has the full no trade. If he doesn't want to get traded and they accept an offer, it doesn't buy. effing matter. So, like, I, that's just out of the way. Secondly, and I'm not even going to, sub podcast anyone this isn't me trying to get you know chippy or whatever it's literally just an example i saw rainy tweet the other day um tweets a lot of royal stuff if you want to follow him you know be my guest he tweeted about it's the best thing for the club do other clubs really see a guy that doesn't walk and is a literal free swinger at the plate and is aging and also is going to probably be playing DH sooner rather than later in his career and also has more value to the Royals than any other club and also 
is making 20 million this year and also is making 20 million next year and also is making 22 million in 2025 um and then has a, a decent club option in his age 36 uh 2026 season like Salvador Perez is not cheap Salvador Perez is not elite he is a good baseball player do not get me wrong but I think that value literally means more to the Kansas City Royals than it does to any other team and he needs to be you can't literally I guess you could you shouldn't have literally all young players on your next contending team you should have one guy who sticks around and is that veteran presence and the leader he's going to be that guy he's not going to go anywhere until he literally says like Joel said get me the hell out of here it's not going to happen. So like, I appreciate the sentiments of people that are uh, trying to advance the discourse, I guess on that and say that it's a good trade, but also I don't think he gets a ton back in a trade. I don't think opposing teams look at him as an elite top 20, top 25 player. Um, I, I'm not sure they ever really looked at him like that. Like I, he's been a good player for the Royals. He's the face of the franchise, arguably if you want to say Bobby Wood Jr., that's fine. He's still good. He's still a quality performer at the plate. The defense is still the defense with Salvi. He's not going anywhere. Like, I'm almost tired of hearing it, I, I want to say, because I just, it's not going to happen, first of all. Second of all, I'm not sure it makes a ton of sense. Do we know where the report came from? I think it was just something that people started. Like, I think the well, only thing, the only rumor Salvador Perez trade rumor was JJ saying someone called about him I'll confirm that that was it JJ was asked about the report somebody 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 asked him there was a report from I I don't know where it originated and it was one team one team asking about Salvi and that's how that's how we got here that's how the wheels are turning that's all it took for the wheels to turn here I, I know there was smoke there at the beginning of the season with Pedro Grafal and the White Sox were kind of sniffing around. Um, and I know that it happens on other teams that agents are kind of very uh, tact tactful, strategic, I should say, uh, about you know releasing these reports and potentially trying to get some action moved. I don't I don't necessarily think that's the case here, but it is interesting. There was preseason smoke, and now there's smoke at the deadline. But it is just one team calling about it. It's nothing to see here type of thing. I, I'm, and Salvi didn't necessarily dismiss it, but he said exactly what he was supposed to say. Like, I, I want to be buried a royal, but baseball is a business and blah, 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 blah. So I don't think I'm with you, Joel. If if uh, if Salvi is on another team at any point um, in the next couple of years, I'll be shocked. And I, I'll also say kind of the point Jordan made is if you have to pay like $25 million to in order to bring back two potentially average MLB players in a trade like that's the upside is average MLB which is the reality here we're not talking about any kind of shine on these dudes whatsoever you're willing to pay like 30 mil something like that of that contract it ain't happening not happening you want to lose Salvi and the ability to say hey he was a royal from the day he was born to the day he died just so you can have uh, Luke Weaver and uh, Hunter Dozier again. Yeah, yeah you're not gonna, you're not going to you're going to be whining and pissing the owner about that regardless, and you're not going to throw him on like an oldest Chapman or Scott Barlow trade because that's going to absolutely water and dilute that trade down. Yeah, yes, not going to be worth it. Not going to be worth it. It feels like one of these scenarios, like this whole thing, is like a how do I want to be pissed off at the Royals? Pick your own adventure. Yep. 100%. Where yeah. you traded Salvi? Why would you do that? 
You yeah. didn't trade Salvi? Well, his contract is an albatross. It's like, mm-hmm. which is it? Yeah. And well, I, I think that, and I think that act in, in other facets of the fandom is, is a tired act as well. It's great. <laughs> yeah i so joel mentioned chapman and it's funny i didn't read this article i somehow missed it it was six days ago so seven a week ago as of the uh, publishing of this podcast so it's from rosenthal and i'm gonna try to read as quickly as i can one club that spoke with the royals interpreted the team's desire to attach chapman to another player as an indication it would it wanted to move its higher Price asset catcher Salvador Perez. More realistic package would be Chapman and fellow reliever Scott Barlow, a source said. Then it talks about Chapman trading Perez would be trickier. Perez, blah, 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 possesses full no trade rights, blah, blah, blah. Interested teams will not want to trade significant young talent if they are taking on the remainder of his contract. Many teams are also reluctant to acquire catchers at the deadline, blah, 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 blah. So literally, the, the buzzwords here interpreted indication and trickier that is three degrees removed from hey the kansas city royals want to trade salvador perez just because a team allegedly inquired about him and we're not going to you know speculate although miami marlins did reportedly have interest in catching but anyway whatever team it was (laughs) just because this report came out from Rosenthal, who does a tremendous job. Like that's not a slight on mm-hmm. Ken Rosenthal. He does an awesome, awesome work for the athletic. That doesn't mean they're trying to trade him. You can interpret it whatever way you want. It can be an indication of whatever you want until JJ Piccolo comes out and straight up says, and like, I know this is kind of corny to say, but if there was any team that wouldn't backstab a player by publicly saying he's not going anywhere and then trade him away, the Royals would be that team. Like I'd bet the house on the Royals not doing that over anybody mm-hmm. else. So I think it's it's kind of it's kind of bullshit. I, I think like it, it's not going to happen. I don't think he wants to leave, and I also don't think the team A is going to get anything back that's significant, and B is actually interested in in moving him at all. Yeah, I don't. I I just don't see it happening for for multiple reasons, and attaching him to. Chapman as a salary dump that would lead to a very different much more pointed and probably angry conversation but I won't get into that at this time um Josh I want you to run point on this one because you had a a really good thread today uh, on Twitter be sure to follow Josh if you're not at Josh Kaiser 40 um regarding what a trade cop would look like for Chapman and Barlow based on uh, some other previous reliever package uh, deadline moves that have happened over the last year or so. Yeah, uh, I wanted to kind of, the best way to kind of tell how a market's going to look like uh, this year is to kind of go back into recent history. And last year's deadline was pretty active as far as uh, relievers go. That, that was a hell of a market last year as far as quantity. Um, there wasn't, it didn't seem like there was a bunch of quality moves. Um, not a lot of great comps to Barlow or Earl Chapman's situation with Barlow being one and a half seasons of control of quality relieving and back end of the bullpen relieving. And we all know Earl Chapman is absolutely dealing uh, this year. So, but it is just like a three or four month rental um, that you're kind of going for there. So not a lot of great comps, but I did find some interesting ones um, just to kind of go off of like just Barlow scenario. 
Josh Hader was dealt to the uh, San Diego Padres last year for like Taylor Rogers, Gasser is a solid prospect, Estuary Ruiz, who at the time was kind of like a solid lottery ticket, and then Dennis Lamette, who had some previous success, some pedigree on that end. Uh, so I think Barlow could potentially reach that point um, in the ballpark of alcohol value returned. He also had a year and a half, uh, Josh Hader did, but he is a little bit more proven. He's had a little bit more success. He's younger and he's a lefty. That's kind of the differences between the two situations. But as far as like the controllability, the productivity is definitely there. And Barlow is going to be one of the top one, two, three relievers that could be on the trade market. So as far as like milk market relativity, Barlow will be up the top. So I think as far as like a Barlow solo deal, I think that maybe you could get a little bit, maybe take off Dennis and Lamette off of that uh, package and you're probably in the ballpark where you could potentially get back for just Scott Barlow at this point. Um, There was also an interesting trade. Anthony Bass and Zach Pop went from the Marlins to the Blue Jays for Jordan Groshans. Um, Anthony and Pop are both solid relievers and Pop had like five and a half control, five and a half years of control left. He's actually doing pretty well again this year. So if you paired Barlow with like Jackson Kowar or maybe Carlos Hernandez kind of gets your foot in the door, you could pull back a pretty legitimate top 100 prospect. Um, Groshans was kind of struggling in AAA at that point, but sure. I still think that that's a, a potentially good deal there. But it does kind of have to part with Kowar or Har- Carlos Hernandez at that point. So uh, potentially uh, the, uh, I guess the deal with Barlow there. What do you guys have any comments or suggestions or? Well, uh, facts about that you want to talk about before we move to the Aroldis? The only thing I have really is obviously, and we're going to get to Chapman, he only has one year, really half a year of control, the two-thirds of a year, whatever you want to look at it as. Um, Once June 15th pops up, Barlow only has two. Like He's going to be a free agent in 2025. Like This isn't a guy who's going to be, and I, I dislike continuing to use that phrase, but part of the next winning Royals team. And let's just call a spade a spade, Unless the 2024 Royals skip the step of being a competitive, not-so-good team like we thought they would be this year, they're not going to be a playoff-bound team in 2024. Um, They're going to be more pushing that timeline back a year. And Scott Barlow is going to be entering his age 20 or uh, 32 season. Sorry, I flipped the numbers there. Um, Not 23, 32 that's really iffy. Like you start getting into the Wade Davis, like the the history of relievers they've either kept or let go. And then seeing the timeline of those guys, it's just kind of, you never know. And Barlow's velocity has been a little weird and it's hard to bank on him long-term being an effective piece. Like I think it would behoove them now to not only, and I think we floated around Taylor Clark last week, like him, Mm -hmm. Barlow, Chapman, possibly even Stalma, and then you get down to the Carlos Hernandez's of the world and the Jackson cars of the world. Not too many guys can stay or mm-hmm. have to stay. I should say long-term like you shouldn't be too attached. No one should be untouchable from the bullpen really right now. 100%. Um, even, yep. even the Dylan Coleman's of the world that we thought coming into the year would be a really good piece. And he struggled. Everyone should be able to be listened to, in a trade combo. So I don't have the specific comps that Josh, you know, so beautifully laid out, um, but they should be listening to anyone and everyone. And if you can get someone that fits your timeline more and relievers are so volatile anyway, and really pitchers are in general, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. 
Um, you you get that if you can, if not a position player that can help the uh, very not good offense <laughs> that you have right now that you might have in 2024. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I don't have too much more to add. I think you guys hit it all pretty well, and we'll see you know, the way that the trades gone. Like, if, if Chapman can be traded on the 15th, I bet we're having a conversation next week of, especially if he has another two to three good outings, I can see a team just going, hey, let's just get him now. Or the Royals going, hey, do you want him now? Uh, and just trying to get that out the door. And then that opens up opportunities in the bullpen. And I think that's the intriguing part of it, too, is if they do just decide to sell a shit ton of relievers, that opens the door for Dylan Coleman to come back and work his way back into the bullpen. Possibly a Will Klein, who's now in AAA. We'll talk about the minor leagues here in a second. Uh, and some other guys that are going to be a part of the the future, at least we believe. And then it's a, hey, sink or swim, let's see what you got sort of scenario at the end of the year, which based on where the Royals are at, what do they have to lose in that scenario? And you maybe you know, you may have an opportunity to see something you didn't know you were going to have in a guy this year because you were able to uh, part with some, uh, some really established relievers right now and get back some prospects for the future. I'd agree. Uh, just a real quick on the Aroldis scenario, kind of the market value on him. I, I could see the, the hater trade potentially being like a, a uh, potential cop for that as well, but there was also a David Robertson trade was like a mm-hmm. aging yeah. veteran uh, last year traded for the Phillies number three prospect Ben Braun, uh, who's been a very solid starting pitcher. Uh, but I mean, you could definitely see like a top five system guy, maybe a uh, add in or like a quad A guy with former pedigree and maybe a solid lottery ticket. I think is pretty pretty simple to trade or ask for as well. But like Joel, you mentioned, like the sooner the better. Like you're gonna yeah. get months as opposed to two months or whatever giddy up i think that's uh gotta pull the trigger whenever you get it and then the ultimate one is somehow you're able to find the right situation someone wants a roll chapman and scott below in the same trade i think at that point you're looking at potentially like a top 100 guy and a top 10 system guy and a couple sweeteners on top of that so uh maybe a situation like the dodgers whose bullpen's probably about the middle of the road this year they're going to want to try to push that over the top to, to really do what they're going to do to compete. Um, I think there's a potential you could ask for like Michael Bush, who would has that approach um, that uh, could be helping this lineup. He can play third base, not very well, but he could also play second base. He could also play the outfield. So you kind of already got that versatility that the Royals love. Um, and maybe talk about Nostrini. Um, I think he's like the number mm-hmm. nine prospect quarter in MLB pipeline, having a solid year, I think, in double A. Um, and then throw in two sweeteners on top of that, some live arm lottery tickets, and I think we're we're cooking with peanut oil, as they say. So I think that's a possibility. Um, if we can find the right situation to deal Chapman and Barlow to the same system and pull back that kind of value, I'm getting up right now on that. Yeah. I, I could see a scenario where uh, a team that is currently overachieving compared to what I think everyone thought they were going to be early in the season and the Texas Rangers – Yep. yep. Their bullpen. I was going to say that same thing. Most their bullpen's mostly an abomination. Um, at spot times this year, I could see Chris Young and Dayton Moore making a, a call to their uh, their old friend JJ and trying to get both of those guys similar to mm-hmm. the Michael Bush. Like Justin Foscue is kind of blocked, yep. uh, and he can play second and third. He's not the best fielder in the world, but uh, dude can hit. 
he doesn't walk a ton. He doesn't strike out a ton. Uh, you know, that could be a bat that you try and get. I don't know about any other pitchers that they'd be willing to part with. Maybe a change of scenery for like a cold win who mostly yeah. has just gotten PCL to death yeah. in round rock for the better part of the last two years. There could be something there. There, there is a lot to like in that system. Actually, I think there, there are some solid dudes that you can build upon. Uh, so that would be a team that I would keep an eye on if they you package Barlow and Chapman, or just make a trade one of one of uh, one of them. And the Rays bullpen stinks as well. So, and and we all know how never make a trade with the Rays. That's never a good make point. A trade with the Rays. <laughs> you you no, will get finesse. That is just the rule. That is yes. That is law of physics at this point. That would be one where they like if they called me and said, "Hey, we want." We'll take Geraldus Chapman and Carlos Hernandez. I would hang up the phone. Because they say fuck you, you and you hang up the you, phone. What do you know about Carlos Hernandez? No. <laughs> <laughs> I look. I the only thing I have to add. You guys did a great job. Um, the return for Geraldus Chapman, whatever it ends up actually being, what we think it could be, is more than I thought it was going to be heading into the year. I didn't yeah. think he'd be nearly this good. I thought he would struggle. I did think they would trade him. Like, I thought they'd get rid of him at some point, but I thought it'd be, you know, a player to be named later, like the 28th prospect, someone that isn't ever going to see the big league team. Now you're you're cooking with peanut oil, as Josh said. So you throw Scott Barlow there. I also thought Barlow was going to fall down more than, and Barlow's been a formidable piece of the bullpen. He's been Scott Barlow. So um, mm-hmm. those are two. The Royals have, like, a very short list of bright spots this year. Um, both of those guys have been bright spots, and I think um, they can get something for them if they have the gumption to do it, and I think they do. Mm-hmm. We're going to take our final break. We'll be right back after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button on all platforms. We appreciate the support as you guys are gutting through this season with us. And let's just get the bad news out of the way right now. Um, Vinny Pasquantino is on the injured list with uh, right shoulder instability. That's how I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I'm not going to do it in back-to-back podcasts. I almost hit instability. Uh, and what's so here's what's scaring me is they're still waiting on MRI results and they've done multiple. Yep. Sure. I I am not going to doomsday it. I am not going to put worst, worst case scenarios out into the universe. 
but I will say that I am very concerned and how like murmured the Royals have been about it. I don't, I don't have good vibes. I, I do mm. not about this injury. Yeah. It's the same in shoulder injury that he had last year. It obviously is worse right now if they're having to do an MRI and not just slap him on the injured list and let it get better. So th- this is a T's and P's scenario for Vinny because I might, th- this wall is concrete and I might have enough strength to punch through it if Vinny is out for a significant period of time. Oh, I, God. I, I, I do wonder. I, if it's if they're doing an MRI this time, just because they're like, is this going to be a thing? Like, wait, is this something totally? We could do. We could go ahead and put you like put you on ice for a year. This the season's lost anyways. Sure. But if it's something we can repair that won't come back up again, I wonder if that's kind of the route of the MRI yeah. at this point. Um, but it is the same shoulder, same reasons. Everything's the same. So I I, I can't blame them for being interested in. Uh, trying to figure out if this is a long-term fix or not, and if it is, then then do what you got to do. We'll we'll miss your at bats for the 2023 season, Vinny, but uh, get well soon for the next you know mm-hmm. next run. So if that's the case, then great. But it is like Joel said, the fact that they have said they are not feeling great about the fact that the MRI is not coming yet is is in and of itself kind of weird. Well, an instability always, you're naturally like, well, it's not soreness, it's not discomfort. Because like originally, I think was discomfort when he got pulled from the game or whatever. Now it's instability. That sounds like, whether it is or not, like a a uh, structural type issue mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, well, maybe this is a little more serious than you factor in the timeline of the MRI or not the MRI or whatever is coming in, what isn't coming in. Um, this doesn't need to be and this is entirely conjecture and and what if if it is something somewhat serious the 2023 royals don't need to sacrifice the 2024 5 6 7 8 yeah. Vinny pasquantino in order to do it so by all means you know shut them down if you have to um also it could entirely be something that keeps him out for the full 10 days or maybe a couple weeks and then he comes back so we, we don't know yeah. yet um and of course by next podcast we probably will a week from now um, but it is never a good thing to see one of the best players on the team or really any player on the team. You hate to see guys get hurt, um, let alone someone who's, you know, as a solid of a player and dude as Vinny. So um, that definitely sucks. Yeah. The other transaction that was made was uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. was designated for assignment. We all knew it was going to happen at some point. It was really just a matter of when and uh, and the when was really like, all right, when can we get some other outfielder up here to take these at-bats? And Kyle Isbell is now on a rehab assignment, which is good yep. news. Uh, but the guy that was selected and put on the 40-man roster in JBJ's place was Dyron Blanco, who is 30 years old, AAA. Uh, he got a cup of coffee last year, got about five games in the big leagues, uh, but has been really good in Omaha, hitting 347, <laughs> stole 47 bases in 49 games, broke the franchise record in 49 games after he broke the previous record last year. Um, had a little bit of a spark last night uh, with a little, you know, a little punch, you know, a punch and Judy single uh, there in that first inning. And then he had second base stolen and he overslid the bag. But I think he's got a knock tonight as well. Um, I don't know what kind of future Darren Blanco has. This might just be one of those like, dude, you've been calling Orlando leagues for so long that, hey, we're just going to give you a shot and give you some at-bats, give you some of that big league salary. And I bet 
his big lead time probably comes to an end when Kyle Lispell comes back. That pro- that seems like the likely scenario right now. Could be a Nate Eaton swap again. Yeah, that's right. But I don't know how many. Probably. But I don't know how many more options Nate Eaton has. I think mean, this would be number four. So it might be. It's number three or four, and you can only do it five times. No, no more right. Edward Olivares Memorial Highways. I was going to say Edward Olivares seemed to get option fifty times back <laughs> back. But, in the that, day. but that that so that rule changed through the, with the last CBA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's, but hey, it, good, I mean, good for Dario Blanco. He's getting big league yeah. at bats. That's awesome. It's it, it is cool to see at this point. I mean, they're eighteen and forty eight. What do we have to lose giving Dario Blanco at bats? It can't hurt, right? Mm-hmm. All right I was in the same now. boat potentially with like Brewer Hicklin. I, I mean, he hasn't yeah. been doing much this year. I love Brewer Hicklin with a passion, and I'll never give up on him. But, uh, but yeah, Dario Blanco, not a non prospect, but still, that doesn't mean he can't be a you know a good fourth outfielder or whatever they they can ask him right now and why the hell not yeah well this speed is even he can totally stick as a fourth or fifth outfielder if they need it yes and he's willing to swing a bat just like other people are willing to swing a golf club joel (laughs) i i teed it up for you buddy you did did not see coming my brain my brain didn't it didn't function with it at all (laughs) I threw. It was like the Dwayne Wade Lebron alley oop where Wade's like throwing his hands out like Rennie and Lebron. Yeah, and I just with I whiffed the dunk because I have a half year old that got me up at five thirty this morning and I'm running on fumes <laughs> as we're recording this. But be sure to join us at our Tacos and Bourbon Golf Tournament on July 29th, sponsored by Holiday Distillery and Mission Taco. Tons of prizes, giveaways, a silent auction, and one golfer has the chance uh, to sink a shot for one million dollars. Uh, for inf- more information and sign up, click the link in the description, both on audio and video side. Uh, for any sponsorship inquiries or additional questions, contact Christian Gumminger at kcsnfoundation.gmail.com. It's out at Sunflower Hills. Uh, they were awesome to us last year. Uh, so Jordan, yeah, it, it, w- it was an incredible time. I did not play. I hung out at uh, one of the uh, prize uh, par three holes and mm-hmm. uh, talked shit and drank margaritas, and I had a great time. If you're if Matt if Matt K if you're out there listening, uh, thank you very much. We had we had a great time. Uh, oh, he's the best. I love Matt. Yeah, yeah, we had we had a great time. Talk a little minor league baseball, and then we'll get out of here. the The main guy that I want to hit this week is David Sandlin, MLB uh, Pipeline Top Thirty. Now, um, he's just bullying guys in Low A at this point. Like there, I he does not need to be down there any longer. No seven innings, nine strikeouts. Uh, no runs, only four hits given up. He has been awesome. And again, a shout out to Danny Otnaveros. Got him in the 10th or 11th round uh, last year at the University of Oklahoma and been as good as advertised since the Royals got him. Remember when the Royals got him, our buddy Alex over at Royals Farm was like, ooh, that, that's a really good pick. The Royals saved up a couple of their uh, day two slot picks, were able to throw a little more money at Sandlin in the 11th round. And now it seems to be paying dividends early on. And additionally, uh, this was from uh, MLB. Uh, oh, not even from this is from the Columbia Fireflies. I'm sorry, guys. Out of the 120 minor league teams in baseball, the lowest pitchers ERA, like staff ERA in minor league baseball is the Columbia Fireflies. Mm-hmm. So if you need any sort of indication of the change that the Royals have made on the pitching side, on the development side, it's happening at the low minors. And these guys are having success there that we have not seen the last few years. 
So that is a very good sign for the next couple of years as these guys continue to progress. So that is a, a ton of fun. And if you have the MLB app, the minor league games are on there. So when Masakato comes back, Kuderna, Zobak, Sandlin, uh, Panzini, these guys are all shoving right now. So it's a really good opportunity to see some of the future of what we can see on some of these pitching staffs in the next couple of years in Kansas City. Joe, you yeah. kind of started to to go in after it. What I was going to bring to the table was just the overall organization, uh, I guess, numbers um, that I've kind of ran the numbers on. I do it about every two weeks. But the last one I did was last Monday. And currently, as a whole, the whole organization is fourth in K percentage among all other minor league systems. They're also 12th in walk percentage. And like you were kind of talking about, that's Columbia, who is third. They have a 30% K rate right now as a, as a team staff in a 10.5% walk rate, which is seventh. I mean, the the minor league walk rates are inflated because, of, you know, minor leagues, whatever. But seventh and third, uh, Quad Cities is fourth in strikeouts and 16th in walks. Omaha, I'm sorry, Northwest Arkansas is sixth and 22nd. And Omaha is 23rd and 10th. So it is down there at the bottom, but it is it does seem to be there. It wasn't there that last year among any level. So now we have some, you know, some some momentum there at the bottom. So uh, it's going to eventually start working its way up to the top and hopefully sustain and bring us some much needed pitching depth. So that's that's all I was going to bring to the table for, as far as minor leagues go. Um, all I've got three guys got promoted to AAA. If I read the report correctly. Um, Will Klein, 338 ERA with a 13.5 K per nine. Um, the walks were, again, cut down over half. We talked about this last week. 281 FIP, he was, or FIP, whatever. I We run into this every time I bring up that stat. Um, <laughs> every He was ready to to get promoted. And then Alec Marsh, 532 ERA, but a 411 FIP um, in 47 innings, 11 starts at double A. The Babbitt was 373. He was getting hit around. The, the luck was not on his side, but he was striking out double digits per nine. Um, then John Rafe got promoted to triple A as well. He was hitting 275, getting on base at a 38% clip, thanks to a 14% walk rate, um, 23% line drive rate. He was hitting the ball relatively hard and then getting on base. Um, 430 slugging percentage, 119 WRC plus. If you're into all that good stuff, in 54 games at Double A, so the Royals are making moves in, in the minor leagues. They're getting guys up to Triple A that need to be promoted. We even talked about Will Klein. He was in the need of a challenge, whether it was getting straight up to the big yeah. league club after a month or getting promoted to Triple A. Like they generally have done a decent job this year of rewarding guys who are performing well at the levels or um, assessing where they should be and where they shouldn't be. I think they're doing a good job. So kudos to those guys for getting the bump up to AAA, which is very tough. And that is my, uh, my contribution to the minor league mm-hmm. segment. You guys have any final thoughts before we get out of here tonight? My brain's fried, buddy. I'm, I'm cooked. Royals down five, four in those seventh. They got something cooking. Speaking of cooking. Um, so we'll see how they find a way to lose this one too. Michael Massey drew a walk. Yeah, I did. That's going to do it for one Royal Way this week. And thank you guys <laughs> so much for listening to this episode. We will be back next week and uh, hopefully they have a win between now and then because they haven't won a game since our last episode. So here we go. It's going to happen. Season starts we got today. It. Right, guys? Positive vibes. Positive Good vibes night. only. Talk to y'all next week. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. 
We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.